morning. Amen. Could you just stay standing? If you could give me a little bit more monitor because I've got to preach total 10 times while I'm in New Zealand. <laughs> so I need a, are you ready? I, I, I have a word for you that is going to change and revolutionize your life. I'm telling you, this is a word for you. Say it's for me. Are you ready? I'm going to just jump right into it. I love you. Thank you, New Zealand. You are incredible. I truly believe that revival is hitting you guys. I do. I really do. And um, I just want to honor your amazing pastors. I mean, the Apostle Mike is, I mean, just they're incredible. Their family, their children, they are just, thank you so much. You guys are just amazing. All your staff, everybody here, the worship team, give yourselves a big round of applause. <laughs> You're awesome. Give me a little bit more monitor, that'd be great. Thank you. Are you ready? Could you lift your hands up to the heavens? You can't miss tonight. You cannot miss tonight. You can't miss tonight. The Holy Spirit fire is going to hit tonight. You can't miss tonight. Lift your hands up today. Uh, Father, we just thank you. Your presence is here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are good, you are faithful, you are powerful. Your presence is already here. Father, we thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're about to do. Father God, take New Zealand to the next dimension. Take the, yeah, yeah, take your sons and your daughters to the next dimension, Father. Father, today you're going to break shackles. You're going to break chains. You're going to break bondages. Father, you're bringing breakthrough, God to every person, to every male, to every female, God. You are bringing breakthrough, God. Everything that has held them back, everything that has contained them, God. Today, you are bringing breakthrough, God. Father, I declare it. I establish it, God. Holy Spirit, I put myself in your hands, declaring that today, God, that it is, Lord, like a double-edged sword that is coming out of my mouth, and it is piercing the heart of every man, the heart of every woman, God. Lord, let a sword come out of my mouth, God. Lord, it divides. Father, God, bone and marrow, God, pierces, God, into the depths of every soul, God. Father, today I put myself in your hands, declaring, God, that you are changing, you are transforming, God, you are delivering, God. Lord, at the self of every word that comes out of my mouth, Father, God, you are delivering, God. You are taking up to the next dimension. Oh, Holy Spirit, yes. We thank you. Somebody shout, yes. I thank you. I thank you. Something's going to happen very strong in this place. You better stay in that same frame of mind because I'm telling you, God's about to rock your world. I felt it this morning. I felt it this morning. I got up early. I've been praying for you for since 3 a.m. I've been praying for you. Father, you are a good God. You are a faithful God. You are a word. Yes, you're a God of your word. And Father, I thank you for what you're about to do. Tell them to change you. In your own words, tell them to change you. Tell them to transform you. Tell them to equip you. Tell them to prepare you. Yes, tell them, tell them, tell them. Say, God, today my heart is open. My mind is alert to God. Open my ears so I can hear what the Spirit of the living God is saying for this time, for this season, God. Father, I want to be in tune with you. I want to know your secrets. I want to know exactly what you're saying, God. Father, order our steps, God, because you have more for your people, God. I declare 
and New Zealand, you're about to go to another place. I declare Bay City, Bay City, my All things are shifting. I prophesy to the four corners of this place, God. Father, go. Father, I prophesy this church is going to another dimension, God. It will never be the same. It will never be the same again. Father, God, the breakthrough is coming to the hearts of every man, to the hearts of every woman, to every person that serves in this city, God, to the pastors, to the families, God. Everything is shifting, God. We call a shift in the atmosphere, God. A shift, God. The tide of battle is shifting. The tide of battle is shifting. I know what I'm telling you. You better believe it. The tide of battle is shifting. The tide of battle is shifting. Take care. You ready? Man, I'm ready to minister. I feel electricity so strong from the heavens. Ooh, anything can happen. Say anything can happen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you better buckle up because <laughs> anything can happen. Are you ready? Satan's already been defeated. Yes. Satan's already been defeated. Yeah. You, may be, you may be seated. Listen to what I'm going to tell you before I tell you the title of this message. Hear me and hear me well. God is not finished with you yet. I'm going to say it again. God is not finished with you yet. As a matter of fact, I want you to lift your hands up and say, God is not done with me yet. And this time, the way, the way you say it, I want you to believe it with all your heart. Say, God is not done with me yet. Say it again. God is not finished with me yet. The second half of your life is going to be better than the first half of your life. God is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with you yet. That's why you got to push a little harder. To see what tomorrow holds because God is not done with you yet. The, love, the Lord loves you too much to leave you where you're at. The Lord loves you too much to keep you where you've been. The Lord loves you too much to leave you in the place that you have been. The Lord loves you too much. God is not finished with you yet. Say it. God's not done with me yet. The hour that we live in, beloved, it is like we are in seasons of transition. Hear me when I say, because I speak prophetically, one season is closing and one season is beginning. I know in the physical you are entering into your winter season, but I, 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 I know that the season in the spiritual is changing. You are exiting one season and you are entering into another season. It is like a moment in time that is so crucial for every believer, for every person. So hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you today. This is the season where we are at, where the past, say the past, is trying not to let you go. And the new is trying to come into your life. And when you are in one of those seasons in your life, and you are in one of those moments in your life, what you need is you need instructions. Say, I need instructions. So you have to have an ear to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to navigate you to the next season. And you don't stay in the previous season, in the wilderness, in the stagnancy, hitting plateaus and frustrated. God wants to get rid of every dysfunction in our lives so that we can enter into the new. 
God wants to get rid of everything that has paralyzed us from the previous season, every disorder in our life, every everything, every spirit of rejection, God wants to do away with that so that we enter into the new, every failure that came into your life. God is saying, I want to get rid of that so that you can enter into the new. Everything that did not work in the last season, God is saying, leave it in the past. Every dysfunction that affects your decision making, that has affected your relationships, what you have tolerated, what you have allowed, God is saying, I want you to get rid of that. You can't cast out dysfunctions. And many times we try to find and we try to lose something that needs to be reprogrammed. And the way of destiny, the problem many times is it is not the devil, it is our own dysfunctions. It is not the devil, it is the way we perceive things, the way we react to things, how we see a thing, the pain that we endured, the problems that we had faced in the previous season. And God wants to remove every masquerade in our life. God wants to enter and us to enter into the new. He wants to deal with all those dysfunctions. He wants to reach in the deep parts of you that are still rejected. Pull it out so that you can enter into the new of God. He wants to pull his hand and reach down into the parts of you that are still abandoned. So that you can enter into what is new. The parts of you that still don't trust. I want to talk to you today about the spirit of fear. Can you say fear? Can you say fear one more time? Can you say fear like you want to kick its butt and kick it out of your life? Say fear. Fear is a manifestation of rejection. Fear is a manifestation of pride. Fear sometimes manifests in anxiety. I know sometimes we think we don't have fear, but can I make a suggestion today? Keep your ears and your eyes and your heart completely open because sometimes fear hides. And it is the very thing that has kept us in the past. Fear is the reason why we can't see. Fear is the reason why we cannot perceive the future. Fear is the reason why things look so foggy. The root of fear causes me to not be able to perceive my future. The root of fear doesn't allow me to see ahead. I have no hope because fear has robbed me of my destiny. Fear will rob people of their future. Fear will rob you of your purpose. Fear will rob you of your calling. Fear will rob you of what God has for you. Fear will rob you because it is a thief. And the reason why we can't get close to people sometimes or serve the Lord like we ought to is because there is a spirit of fear that is still alive in our lives. As a matter of fact, people are afraid for three reasons. Number one, something happened in your past. And the trauma is still alive. Because we are afraid something happened in the previous season and I'm still hurt. And something in the past is still alive. Somebody betrayed me and that betrayal is still alive. And now the spirit of fear has been taking residence in my life. Something in the past I'm still carrying. Fear comes, number two. Because there's something in the present that is upsetting you. Something in the present that is upsetting you. Trauma, hurt. And number three, the spirit of fear comes because you're afraid of your future. You're afraid that you are going to fail or that God is going to fail you. Or that the God that said he will complete. 
work that he started in you, there is a doubt and a fear inside of you. And it's a still small voice that perhaps nobody sees. I want to deal with the spirit of fear. Can you say fear? Fear is a manifestation of rejection and it is a spirit that we've got to kick out. You've got to kick it out. Any kind of spirit of fear, any debris, anything that you're carrying that keeps you anxious and doesn't let you sleep at night. The spirit of fear has been dwelling in the hearts of so many believers and they know not that they carry it. But today I came to expose the spirit of fear so that you can enter into the new, so that you can believe God for everything that he has in store for you. We're going to kick out the spirit of fear. Say, spirit of fear, you will leave my life today. Today, you will leave my life. Sometimes the spirit of fear hides. It's like a stealth fighter, and you don't even know that's there. And you don't know why you can't get past the past. You don't know why you can't get close to people. But could I make a suggestion? Sometimes it is a spirit of fear. The rejection that you carry is a spirit of fear that is not allowing you to even get close to God. I felt it last night. People are afraid to get close to God because they think that God is going to abandon them, but it is a spirit, beloved, and we are going to expose that thing. Where did fear start? In Genesis chapter 3, you can go home and read it from verse 1 all the way to verse 10. And the word of the Lord speaks about Adam and speaks about Eve. Can you say Adam and Eve? Adam and Eve lived in the glory of God. They lived in the presence of God. And God all along had a plan for Adam and Eve. Can you say God had a plan for Adam and Eve? God had a plan for their lives. Hell has a problem when God has a plan for your life. When God announces a word over your life, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to deliver you. I am going to take you to the next season. I'm going to bless you. Immediately, there is a retaliation plan to counteract what God has already announced over your life and over your future. The Bible says that God sent the word and whatever he said and spoke, it manifested. So here, listen to me, we become stewards managers of the word of God that God has released over our lives. We are stewards. We are managers. If God says to you, you and your house shall serve the Lord, you are a manager of that word. If God says to you, I will, I will bless you abundantly above all you can even ask or imagine. You are a manager of that word. God sent the word. The Bible says that the word of God does not return void. But it is when it's sent out, it does what it is sent out to do. But we are managers of that word. If God is saying revival is here, we are managers of that word. If God is saying to you, Bay City, you're about to multiply. Things are about to shift. This is your year of exodus. This is your year of multiplication. This is your year of increase. You are a manager of that word. I must take care of that word. I must nurture that word. I must take care of that word. No word will return void. And many people are mad at God, but it's not God's fault. It's our fault for not protecting the word of the Lord. And here we find Adam and Eve in the garden, in the presence of Almighty God. And the Bible says that the serpent showed up. Say the serpent shows up. In verse 4, I'd like you to read it out loud. And the word of the Lord says, 
you will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, Satan's strategy was to make humans believe that obeying God will expose you to danger. Somehow, he was able to present God's promise to Eve. And he was able to get Eve to believe that disobeying God would give you a better outcome and a better result. Actually, obeying God will give you the best outcome. But Satan knows how to twist the word of God in our lives. Satan actually said, God's word is actually not true. That is what Satan made the suggestion to Eve. God's word is not true. Did God really say he was going to bless you? Did God really say that he was going to use you? Did God really say that he would multiply you? The power of suggestion. And so that's how the enemy works. He makes you question what God spoke over your life. Because oftentimes we live the opposite of what he spoke over our lives. So we hear things like perhaps God won't do it. Perhaps it's too impossible. Perhaps it can't be done. Perhaps it won't come to pass. Perhaps it's too big of a dream for you. Satan comes to you with conversation. Say, Satan comes to me with conversation. One conversation can kill your life. Having the wrong conversation can kill you. And then we read on and in the story, and in verse 7, it says the following. Then the eyes of both of them, let's read together. Then the eyes of both of them were opened after they ate the apple. And they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Say they made coverings. The consequences of disobeying God is that your destiny now is in your hands and no longer in God's. The destiny of Adam and Eve now, their destiny is now in their hands and not in the hands of God. Beloved, I don't ever want to put my destiny in my own hands. I put it in the hands of Almighty God because he is the author and the finisher of my faith. He is the beginning and he is the end. And he knows how it's going to turn out. I put it in his hands. Adam, hear me. He disobeys God. And now his destiny is in his own hands. But I want to read these next few verses, 8, 9, and 10. And let's read together. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse 9 says, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? And in verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Fear was born in the garden. Fear was born in the garden. Everybody that has fear in any area of their lives, that fear came because either somebody sinned against you, or you sinned. Or because something in the past is still tormenting you. Or because something in the present is still affecting you. Or because you are afraid of your future. Fear distorts your vision. 
You can't see ahead. You can't see a clear path. You can't see a clear road. So we begin to doubt God. Will God ever? Did God really say? Fear was born in the garden. And here, here Adam tells God, I heard your voice and I was scared. But I love what God says to Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? And that is the question that God is asking every believer. Where are you? Where are you? God is asking this question to you and I. Where are you? When God asks a question, beloved, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Because God knows everything. He's an all-knowing God. He was asking the question so that Adam can locate himself. Where are you? And he's asking that question today. Where are you? Where are you, Rose? Where are you, Bertha? Where are you, Peter? Where are you in your walk with God? Where are you? Where are you today? Adam, where are you? And now, from the book of Genesis all the way to Revelation, God will be trying to deliver the people from fear. And you will find scripture after scripture all the way from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Do not fear, for I am your God. Do not fear. Be courageous, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I will go before you. Do not be afraid of your enemy, because I am your shield, and I am your protection. For the rest of the Bible, now God is trying to deliver his people from a spirit of fear. You have to understand that fear comes in different forms and in different manifestations. It has multiple manifestations. It comes in the form of paranoia. Matter of fact, I feel people are going to get set free from anxiety this morning. It comes in the form of anxiety. It comes in the form of isolation. Panic. Worry. Hesitation. You hesitate to serve God. It shows up even in our procrastination. You know why we procrastinate? Because we're scared. If God told you to open the business, open the business. But fear grips us. If God said to evangelize, evangelize. If God tells you at the store, go and minister that person. Just go pray for I don't know what to say. I'll give you the words. Just like I was, oh, somebody got to say God is with me. But we're afraid. We're scared to serve God. Procrastination. People make all kinds of excuses. It shows up in our excuses. Why people don't have friends? Because they're afraid. Why people don't get committed to church? Because you're scared. Because somebody hurt you in your past and now you're scared. Rebellion is only a manifestation of fear. Every rebellious person, the root is fear. We masquerade it. We hide. We call it issues. We call it a challenge, but it's really a spirit, beloved. It is a spirit of fear that is preventing you from becoming everything that you were called to become. And I came to break down every barrier that has 
has held you captive and has held you in containment and doesn't let you reach further and doesn't let you advance and doesn't let you believe and doesn't let you rise above in faith and believe God for incredible things in the next few seasons. God says in the book of Timothy, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Wherever there is dysfunction, God is saying, you better fix those areas and we better remove the spirit of fear. Because can I tell you why? Because if we don't get rid of it, it will be the weapon that the devil will use against you. He don't mind you shouting. He don't mind you clapping. As long as he contain you with the spirit of fear. Fear has a lot of ways of showing up. So God has to deal with the spirit of fear in our lives. Your future, hear me, begins when you confront fear. Fear, if it's not confronted, we have no right to the future. Fear of the future. Fear of the past. Fear of being hurt. Fear of life. Fear of being hurt again. Fear of being betrayed again. But can I tell you, there's life after hurt. There's life after pain. There's life after hurt. If somebody hurts you, you've got to get healed. You've got to get back up. You've got to dust yourself off. But don't carry it with you for the rest of your given life. There's, there's life after hurt. There's life. Don't make excuses. Sometimes we keep excuses just to keep people away from our lives. God has to deliver us from the spirit of fear. Your future is at stake. The prophetic word that God has released over this church and over this nation, it is at stake. Adam said, God, I heard your voice and I got scared. I was walking in my tomorrow. I was walking in the glory of God. I was walking with perspective. I was walking with glory. I was walking in my destiny. But fear stopped me. Meaning fear is a paralysis. It paralyzes you. I was scared, so I hid. But Adam, you were walking in your tomorrow. Your future was at hand. God had given you promises. God told you what he would do with you and Eve. And now you're scared. I was scared. Adam said, I'm scared. And started to pick stuff up to cover himself. Fear makes you hide. Fear paralyzes you. Fear makes you hide even from those that love you. Fear camouflages itself, masquerades itself, even in church. We conceal the real state of our soul. We hide our real condition. Still broken, looking for affirmation. Abused, still looking for affirmation. Low self-esteem, issues inside your tissues, using ministry to hide. Oh, we got to be free from fear. We camouflage it and say, we're blessed. But when you go home and you put your head to the pillow, you're scared. You're scared that God won't answer. You're scared that God may not do it. And you don't tell anybody with tears running down your face, with your head on the pillow, wondering with all those thoughts that haunt us, that tell us, did God really say? Deceptions that sometimes hide. Deceptions. If I let people in, what might they say? Images. How 
could we get rid of this fear? I want to take you to two stories. And here I start my preaching. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 to 27, and we shall read it all together out loud. I'm going to go in parallel with these two stories. Matthew 8, verse 23 and verse 27. And we read out loud. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm. Can you read with me really loud? A furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Here is a story, and the, the disciples are afraid of a storm. Now let's jump to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. Matthew 14, 22 to 33. And the word of the Lord says the following. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him on the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they shouted and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you or bid me to come to you on the water. Then Peter, come, he said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, Save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. A storm broke out. And all of a sudden, they are so scared and they are afraid. They are afraid of two things. They are afraid, number one, of the storm. The situation, what's on the outside. The situation, can I tell you this morning, is not your problem. The circumstance you face today, that is not your problem. They're afraid of the circumstance. They're afraid of the situation. They see a storm. But that, beloved, is not my problem, and that is not your problem. Because, see... The boat has been designed to float on top of water. Say the boat is designed to float. As long as the boat is floating on top of the water and the water doesn't get in the boat, we're good. We ain't going to sink. As long as the storm and the situation doesn't get inside of you, you won't drown. 
you could see the storm all around you. All hell could break loose in your life as long as it doesn't get in you. You will never sink. The problem is when the water gets into the boat, now the boat is about to sink. As long as the water doesn't get in the boat, as long as the situation on the outside doesn't get inside, can I tell you, you will never drown. You will never sink. Boats only sink when the outside gets in on the inside. But you can walk through hell and high water. You can walk through any storm. You can walk through the worst darkness in your life. Bay City can go through a dark moment and a dark season. But the moment it starts to get in you, boat's going down. You're drowning because what was on the outside got in on the inside. The betrayal, it got in. The pain, it got in. It came inside. And now it's in your thought life. And now it's in your speech. And now it's in your attitude. And it's the first sign you're about to go down. When you allow the things on the outside to get in, beloved, it's down from there. But as long as you could see a storm and say, though he slayed me, yet will I trust him. And yet you could still go before the Father and say, God, I surrender this situation to you, but it is not going to get in my soul. It is not going to get in my thoughts. It is not going to get in my speech. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to regurgitate it. I'm not going to meditate on it. Father, that is your problem. I surrender it to you. You are the God of the impossible. I refuse to let any circumstance come inside of me. They are your problem, God. Those enemies are your problem. They are not my problem. And I refuse to get it inside of me people who overcome and people who succeed in life people who always get better you should be getting better you see them years later and they get better I ought to come back a year from now two years from now I ought to see you better I ought to see you better I ought to see you more powerful I ought to see you stronger I ought to see you with more faith you ought to get better People that get better and succeed are people that don't let the outside get in. And that's why they can't drown. And the enemy's mad because he's concoctioned all kinds of things to take you under. But as long as you don't let it get in you, beloved, you are not going under. The hand of God is with you. Jesus is in the boat with you. But you don't let that stuff in. You are not going to let some offense in. You are not going to let some little problem in. No! You know what, Joseph? In the Bible, the Bible says he went through so many circumstances, not very pleasant. But the Bible says at the end of the story that his brothers couldn't recognize him. He had been incarcerated. He had been falsely accused. He had been betrayed, rejected by everybody and all of his family. Yet that did not get in him. And God was always with him. God always gave him favor. God always, because God always has a plan. God always has a plan. As long as it doesn't get in you. As long as the bitterness doesn't get in you. As long as the unforgiveness doesn't get in you. As long as the betrayal doesn't get in you. As long as you don't let that situation get in you. As long as you don't let that storm get in you and the Bible says of Joseph that they didn't recognize him I ought to look at you and not recognize you you ought to be getting better with that storm oh 
Because Corinthians tells me this momentary affliction is producing in me a far greater weight of glory. When I get through from this storm, when I get through with this problem, you're going to see me and you ain't going to recognize me. Because I'm going to carry more glory, more power, more anointing, more faith. I'm going from glory to glory, from victory to victory, from faith to faith. I'm getting better. I'm not getting bitter. I'm getting better. I'm not going to sink. I'm not going to drop. I'm getting better. I'm going higher. I am going deeper in God. Somebody shout yes. Because I don't let fear in. You can go through anything. You can go through the, you can go through a recession. I've seen millionaires become millionaires in the middle of a recession because they did not let the outside news get inside of their head. Don't you tell me that there is nothing impossible. Everything is possible to him that believes. You can name me your biggest problem and it ain't no problem for God. He's a God of impossibilities. He's a God that can move mountains. He's an infinite God. He's a powerful God. He's a glorious God. He is a God that will finish what he started in your life. And if he spoke a prophetic word over your life, he shall bring it to pass. Because he's not a man that he shall lie. He's a God that will do it. If he said it, he will do it. Because his name is on the line. You you can prosper in the worst recession. And your, your haters, the ones that want you down, they're waiting for the boat to sink. They're going to look and they're going, why don't they go down? Because we're praying for our enemies. Because we don't curse. We bless those that curse us. Because we forgive. Because we let the past in the past. Because I'm stepping into my future. Because there's something bigger. There's something greater. And it ain't worth it. I don't want to carry my past. I've got to go into my future. Yeah. When the things on the outside start to get in you, you begin to go down. When God did not answer you, when you wanted him to answer you, and you hid from God. Where are you, Adam? I was afraid. Question, what are you going through right now that's getting in you? Just listen to yourself talk, and you will know what got in you. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth speaks what's in the heart. Rehearsing the past. Rehearsing what they did. Let it go. Let it go. Hurting people hurt others. Let it go. Pray for those that curse you. Bless those that curse you. And let it go. Let the bitterness go. Let the unforgiveness go. Let the past be the past. Because you got a future. And he's not done with you yet. Talking about the past and it happened 20 years ago. 20 years ago and you're still mad. 10 years ago and you're still angry at God. The outside got inside of you. 20 years ago, Bob walked away and Bob's gone on with his life. He ain't talking about you, but you're still mad. It robs you of your future. It robs you of your destiny. It robs you of what God has called you to be. Disciples are afraid of the circumstances. Disciples are afraid of the storm. They see the storm and they're afraid. But the second 
story is interesting to me. Because now is Jesus and he's walking on water. And the Bible says that they looked in the boat and they're sitting in the boat. And the Bible says that when they saw Jesus, they were scared. So not only were they afraid of the circumstances, but now they're afraid of the solution. Help me, Holy Spirit. Afraid of the solution. Afraid of the circumstance. But now I'm scared of the solution. I'm afraid of the circumstance. But I'm also afraid of the solution. Because fear holds you back. Jesus is walking on the water. And the disciples can't even recognize him. Because God is hard to recognize in the middle of the storm. Fear doesn't let you see God for who he is. They thought he was a ghost. Because when you're afraid, you can recognize Jesus. When you're scared, it's hard to see the master at work in your life. Because fear paralyzes your vision. You can't see that God is working all things together for the good of those that love him. You can't see that God is using it as a process in your life to get you to something higher. You can't see it because fear is blinding you. Fear doesn't let you see that in the trial, God is using it to test your faith. But you still believe him. And they looked around. I can imagine the boat. I wish I had a boat. I could show you. Because I can imagine. Hey, Bartholomew, who's that? I don't know. It's a ghost. Hey, Thaddeus, what do you think? I don't know. That looks like a ghost to me. They were scared of the solution. Adam! Where are you? Jesus is walking in the water. This is the Jesus that they had just been with. They had just been with him. And now they can't recognize him. They know him, but they can't see him. Have you ever gone through something and you can't see him in the storm? Adam, where are you? I didn't call you to fear. Elijah, why are you hiding under the juniper tree? I didn't call you for that. Where are you? See, so most people, have these two kinds of fears. And when people have those kinds of fears, they do absolutely nothing. And they stay in a boat and row for the rest of their lives. When God is saying, I made you for more. I created you for greatness. I created you to do something incredible in your life. I created you to advance my kingdom. I created you to do supernatural things in your life. But he's looking for a people that will believe him. And now you can't recognize him. Is it a ghost? See, those, that type of people, the people that have fear of the solution are people that can't give themselves to God fully. To say, God, I trust you so much. I give you my life. I give you every area of my life, God. This ain't a buffet table. You can have every area of my life. It's not a pick and choose. It's you can have my, my money. You can have my marriage. You can have my family. You can have my ministry. You can have my church. You can have anything, everything in my life. I don't care what it is. I am not going to be owned up by anything. I just want Jesus. 
You know why people don't give themselves to Jesus? Because they're afraid. Because deep down inside, you think that God won't ever, but that is a lie from the pit of hell. And he's made you believe, the enemy, that God can't do it. And I'm here to tell you, God can. God can do it. God can't move that situation. God can't move that economic situation. God can't move your money. God can't move your finances. God can't put his hand upon your family and bring you the breakthrough. God can't because he's a God of impossibilities. He's a faithful God, an omnipotent God, an infinite God, an almighty God, an all-knowing God. He is a powerful God. He's your refuge, your strong tower, your daddy, your help, your hero. There is nothing that your God can do. He's the God Almighty. He's powerful. This is the solution. And now they're scared. This this is why people stay in the boat. See, Pastor, this is why people stay in the boat. And there you are rowing for the last two years doing nothing because you're scared you're rowing and you're rowing and you know what you're not getting anywhere you're rowing and you're rowing but there is no movement and there is no forward movement because you're scared you're scared of the solution and you've been scared of the circumstance and now it got in you this is a subtle seduction of the enemy who steals your life and brings you to mediocrity and brings you to a point that says, this is all there is for your life. Stay in the boat. Because the Bible says, Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God came to give you life and life in abundance. And God will bring opportunities to your life where you lack courage. Oh, it takes courage. Say courage. The solution was Jesus, but they're afraid. What if? Caught in the middle between two things. The storm got in me, and I don't give myself fully to Jesus. Caught in the middle, rowing a boat. Row, row, row your boat. Going nowhere. Sitting in mediocrity. Wondering if God will ever. Oh, seduction of the enemy. But one man, say one man. Say one man. Shout it, say one man. One man out of the 12 had the courage and the guts to at least try. Lord, bid me to come to you if it's you. I can't recognize you because I'm a man of a little faith. But if it is you, just bid me to come to you so I can walk on the water. I love Jesus. He didn't speak in tongues. He just said, come. One man had the courage to step out of the boat. I wonder what that that day looked like I wonder how many pulled at him and said where are you going you're gonna fall where are you going you're gonna sing because see I gotta be careful who I'm in the boat with <laughs> I need to be around people of faith I need to be around people that are saying get out of the boat come on you got what it takes you've been made of some good stuff I need to be around people of faith People that will say, you can do it. You've got what it takes. You are powerful in God. Everything is possible to him that believes. One guy had the courage, because it takes courage, to come out of this season. 
It takes courage to face your tomorrow not knowing what it holds. It takes courage to believe God. It takes courage to say, I walk away from the past not knowing what the future holds, but I know who holds it, and that is my Savior. That is the Alpha and the Omega. I don't know what's coming, but I do know who holds my future, and he is a good God, and he is a faithful God, and he is an almighty God, and I trust him. I'm speaking to somebody here today. Something inside of Peter what was it in you, Peter? You were in the boat. I'm sure they were probably pulling at it, especially Thomas, <laughs> perhaps. Where are you going? You're going to sink. But Peter, something in him, something in this one guy, something inside of him, he just knew that he was meant for more. That he was created for more. Something in him was, it was like a wrestling. He just knew, wait a minute, I can't stay in the boat. I love you guys. It's been a cool ride, but there's something on the inside of me that tells me I was made for more. There's something on the inside of me that tells me that I have greatness. Something's calling me. Something is drawing me to the master because there's something on the inside of me that says I've got a good future. I am Peter. I am Peter the rock. I appear to the world. Something inside of me doesn't let me rest because I was made for more. I was made for more. I was made for more. Calling me to an opportunity and out of my circumstance. Can I tell you where you are right now? It's not where God is calling you to be. He has more for you. But you have to say goodbye to this and say hello to that. Say bye-bye. <laughs> Somebody got to wave. Just say bye-bye, past. Somebody got to say bye-bye. Somebody's got to say, I got to get out of this boat. I've been rowing too long. I've been stuck too long. I've been rowing. I've been doubting God. Fear has gripped and paralyzed me. I, I got to get out of the boat because I was made for more. Oh, but apostle, I'm already 80 years old. I don't care how old you are. Sarah was so old and she still had a baby. You push that baby out. You push that purpose out. You push that calling out. You push it until you give birth to whatever God put inside of your womb. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. It's never too late to come out of the boat and say, I'm going to walk on water. I don't care how many years you have in the Lord. It's never too late. Now's your chance. Now is your opportunity to come out of the boat. He has more for me. Can you shout that he has more for me? You know, this is a spirit of fear that is really robbing you of the abundant life that God has really promised. It's a spirit. And it, 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 it's a spirit that doesn't let you walk in confidence. 
It's a spirit that, that takes away the luster of life. It's a spirit that doesn't let you walk in joy. It's a spirit that, that doesn't let you walk in boldness and certainty. And, and it doesn't let you walk in faith. And it doesn't let you walk in everything that God has called you to be. It is a spirit that will not let you stand up straight and believe God for the miracle. It is a spirit that doesn't let you put your head up high, your shoulders drawn back and say, I got this. Because if God be for me, what can be against me? If God is with me in the boat, he's going to be with me in the storm. I've got this because God is with me. His hand is upon me and his hand of blessing is over my life. I know that Jesus has got this. Because a thousand may come to my right, ten thousand to my left, but nothing shall come near my tents. God has got this. But it's a spirit that robs you of the confidence, keeps you in the past, and never going into the future. It's a spirit that tells you about your weaknesses, but it will never tell you your strengths. It is a spirit that tells you you are weak. You can't. You will never. But it will never tell you how strong you are. And what good material God has made you. Because he breathed his breath of God. The breath of God is living on the inside of you. You are made of powerful material. You are made of some good stuff. You are made of some powerful material. You have been created in the image and in the likeness of your God. You are capable and you are very well able to overcome every situation, every storm, every hell that came against you. Everything that tried to take you out. You are capable of overcoming. You are capable of hurdling that thing. You are capable to come out and say, wait a minute. I was made for more. I was made for more. God is not done with me yet. I was made for more. You know the devil has more faith in you than you have in you. Because he hits you so hard. What does he know? What does he know about you? that threatens him. It's a spirit that will paralyze you. It's a spirit that will lie to you about God. It is a spirit that will tell you your God can't. Your God is tiny, but the devil is such a liar. When I think of the life that God has for me, when I think of the life that God has for you, and there we are, playing row, row, row your boat gently down the street. When I think of the life when are we going to get out of the boat? God isn't finished with you yet. God has more for you. But fear begins to hold us back. See, I hate the spirit. I can't stand the spirit. I get mad at the spirit. I, I mean, all of them I hate, but this one I hate so much. Because here I am preaching, but it paralyzed me for 30 years. And here God was calling me all along, daughter, come out of the boat. Look what I have for you. I shall take you to nations and you shall preach the gospel. But for 30 years, I was row rowing the boat and I was scared and I was paralyzed. And I heard the voice of the enemy that said, you will never, you can't, you're too small. You're a woman, you can't. I hate the spirit because it keeps you bound to what you're not. But I thank the Lord the day he saved me and the day he set me free. And he said, you shall be like Martin Luther where he turned around. And he said, it's just you, devil. Come out of the boat. 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 Come out. Come out. 
everything that the devil told me, it was a lie. It was a lie to stop me, to paralyze me. All the while, all of this stuff was inside of me. Peter understood that because he said there's something in me. It doesn't let me sleep. It doesn't let me rest. I am Peter the rock. There's got to be something more. Surely the Christian walk wasn't meant to be just like this. There's got to be more for my life. Surely there's more. Surely there's more. I'm going to come out of the boat. And even if I sink, this is the beautiful thing about Jesus, that even if you sink, he stretches out his arm and he pulls you back up. Son, daughter, you're coming out. You're coming out. You're coming out of the boat. Bay City, you're coming out of the boat. 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 You're coming out. Say, I'm coming out. Hear me. What would you do if you had no fear? And whatever your answer is, whatever your answer is, that's what fear is robbing you from. Peter, as long as he was God conscious, as long as he was God conscious, I could do this. I got this. I could do this. I know I can walk on the water because I was made for more. As long as he was God conscious, he was able to overcome. As long as he was God conscious, as long as he was focused on his Savior, as long as he said, Jesus, you are my Savior, you are my Alpha, you are my Omega, you are my beginning, and you are my end. And all the days were written in the book before I was ever even formed in my mother's womb. God, you had already written all my days. You know my future. You know my destiny. You know know where I'm going. You know the promises you have for me. I gotta take a step out of the boat, guys. Come out. Come out of the boat. Don't let fear rob you. Don't let fear rob you anymore. Bay City, I know what I'm telling you. Don't let fear rob you anymore. Come out of the boat. Come out of the boat. Come out of the boat. God is calling you. God is calling you. God is calling you. God is calling you. God is calling you.
Leave it in the past. 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 Leave it
delivering your people. Lift your hands, lift your hands as I begin to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, you manifest your glory in this place. My God, I can feel your power. Father, break chains, break bondages, break mental strongholds, God. Father, spirits of anxiety, God, are broken in this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, the power of God is invading every heart, every person, God. Set them free from the front to the back, God. From the front to the back, from the front to the back. You are free, free, free. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. No more fear, no more fear, no more fear. You are sons, you are daughters of the living God.
your hands up. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Ah, the Bible says this. Close your eyes. Perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love. What does that mean? Close your eyes. Don't look at me. Just lift your hands up. Perfect love. It's not just the love of God because I have felt God's love so strong and so deeply. Perfect love is when you start to demonstrate it to other people. The love that he's pouring into you and now you start to manifest it in other people, in your neighbor, in souls that are outside that you need to pull in here. That's perfect love. You know how much he loves you? He, you know what I see right now? He's wrapping his arms around you. Oh, I feel God is hugging some of you right now. Father, release your love. Release your love. Release your love. Release your love. Oh, he loves you. Oh, he loves you. Oh, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much.
battled anxiety? Raise your hand. Anybody battled it? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. I feel that very strong in my hands. Anxiety is gone. It's gone in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of anxiety is gone. You will sleep like a baby tonight. You'll go to bed singing. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Get ready. Something big. Something big. Big that God has been preparing you for. Huge. Your eyes haven't seen it. You feel it, but it's big. And all this season, it was to prepare you. He's been preparing you. Trust Run. I hear this. Run. Run. Run with force. Run. God is with you. God is with you. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Thank you, Jesus. Could you give him a big praise?